My name is Andrea Isaacs, and I am the worship pastor um, and married to Pastor Jason. Uh, but I get to share with you today, and if you have been around this summer, we have been in a really, really helpful series called Making Sense of Spiritual Things. Um, have you guys enjoyed this series? I think it has been just really valuable teaching. Um, and so we started the first week with Pastor Jason talking about the Bible and just the validity and the truth, uh, the inherent truth of God's word, how the Bible should um, be a part of our daily lives, that we should be practicing that discipline and embracing um, what God's word has for our lives. Uh, and then the next week, Pastor John, you got to hear from Pastor John about worship. Uh, and that's one of my favorite favorite topics. But he just did an amazing job of communicating how and why we worship and, and just kind of expressing that worship can look different ways, but that it is an act of obedience and something that kind of should overflow out of our hearts. And then last week, wave at me if you were here last Sunday, we got to talk about the end times and revelation. Um, pretty exciting and interesting stuff. And you can check out, you do not have to uh, miss out, even if you weren't here. You can go to our podcast and listen to any of those messages. How many podcast fans do we have? It is so easy, okay? Especially if you have a smartphone. Um, I know on the iPhone, like the app is purple and it is already on your screen. Go find that app, search for Hope City Church, subscribe, and then listen, something supernatural and magical happens through the power of Wi-Fi. Those sermons show up on your newsfeed like all the time, and it is a really, really miraculous thing. So I want you to, to have those as a resource. Go back, listen through them. Um, even if you were here, take some notes, find those scriptures, do your own uh, additional studying, and I think that that will bless you. Uh, but today, I have the incredible of getting to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that today. You know, I, I recognize that for some of us, the Holy Spirit um, may bring with it um, several questions. We all have a different context and background that we're coming to this conversation with. Uh, but let me, let me start by saying this. In Christianity, we have what is called the Holy Trinity. Everybody give me like one of these. Solomon likes to do this. He thinks it's a diamond, but it's actually a triangle. So you got your triangle. That's right. And we have, oh, that's a good way. There, there you go, like this. We, can, we got our students on the front row. Y'all give it up for our students. We love them. So they're helping me out. The Holy Trinity got a triangle. And, and this is, you know, a really kind of uh, known within Christian faith. This triangle, the Trinity, is representative of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in our um, system of beliefs, we believe that we serve one God, and he is manifested in three different ways, okay? Uh, that sa might sound a little churchy, so I'm going to break it down for you very quickly. Y'all with me? Say I'm with you. God the Father, okay, we know that he is responsible for creating we see that um, God the Father is kind of the, the, the authority over us. Like this makes sense. We have parents in our lives that we can kind of, you know, make that connection. And so um, trying to wrap our head around God the Father, like that can be relatively like, okay, I'm on board, I'm tracking. 
Then there's God the Son and Jesus, and we have quite a bit of narrative and information about his life and what he did, and we know that he was human and he was in the flesh. And so when we talk about and connect and start discussing Jesus, like we can pretty much kind of get on board with that as well. And so I think for some of us, when we, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, that might seem a little bit more intangible. It might seem a little bit more elusive. Um, and it might even seem a little like spooky. Uh, the, the church background that I have even said things like the Holy Ghost. Anybody familiar with that phrase? Okay, so the Holy Ghost, which can bring with it like some confusion sometime, like, or is it like Jesus resurrected, like haunting me, you know, like past lives and go, I, and I want us to try and uh, come to terms with, with all of those different backgrounds. Some of you today, like me, may have a very influential Holy Spirit church background. Um, I grew up in a Pentecostal um, experience, and that is a, a church word that is uh, connected to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost when uh, the church and the believers were filled with the Spirit, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But we, um, those from my background, have a lot of experience or experiences with the Holy Spirit, some good, some bad. And we can sometimes miss out on what God is trying to teach us because we bring a lot of baggage, okay? We bring a lot of maybe even cynicism. Maybe we've seen things in church that uh, we can't kind of can't explain or it might seem a little kooky or weird. Um, and, and so I know that some of us come from that background today. I know that some of you may be new to the faith altogether. And so you're like a blank slate and you're like, what is this Holy Spirit thing? I would like to know more about this. That sounds very intriguing to me. And I love that. I love that fresh perspective. And then there may be even a, a camp of you today who are like, I don't want to have anything to do with anything that is spirits or anything related to spirits. Uh, and I, I want to um, help all of us kind of have maybe a new approach today. And so I, I want to, I want to offer it up to you like this. Anybody ever gotten a really bad gift, bad gift? Let me see. Any, like just terrible, like, what were you thinking? I do not need that in my life. Like I need it. Like I need a hole in my head. Right. So bad gifts. Okay. Here is something that you have to know about my marriage. Um, I am married to someone who places good gift giving at like a high premium. Okay, and uh, if you know like the five love languages and we've talked about that a little bit around here, um, my husband's like top love language is gift giving. I blame his mother, but that's okay. It's another topic for another time. So um, our whole like relationship, there has been this immense amount of pressure that I put on myself to make sure that he gets like an incredible gift. And I just need a little bit, is this like a safe place? Can we, are we, yeah, right? Okay, don't tell him. But I had, uh, I got into a little bit of trouble. Uh, Father's Day and our anniversary, we're both in June uh, last month and I dropped the ball. I'm just, there it is, I said it. I, I dropped the ball. And in his wonderful way, who's kind of like, <clears throat> so no gift? Okay, just, just checking. So I'm like, oh, okay. But the good news is 
his birthday's in September and I've already like enlisted really helpful people and I have a game plan and it's going to be okay. So you guys don't need to worry. He's not going to leave me. It's going to be okay. We, we are working through it. I have a plan. Um, but I definitely have the reputation of being not the greatest gift giver. But here's some good news for us today. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said that he's a gift for us in our lives. And we know that in James 1.17, it says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light. And I think that is amazing. Um, you and I have this opportunity to open and unpack a gift from God, and it is tailor-made to each one of us. He knows exactly what size and what fit and what style and what preference you have, and it is tailor-made. Um, and so I want to present kind of as our, as our starting off point, while I know that we all have different contexts and backgrounds, like I want you to think about the opportunity to unwrap the perfect gift um, today, okay? So, um, I also wanna give you just a few like uh, contexts as well that we talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe you've seen lyrics in some of our worship songs or maybe Pastor Jason or some of our other um, team leaders or staff, they might use different phrases. And so just real quick, if you take notes or if you've got a way to kind of jot this down, um, four, four ways very, very quickly before we um, dive in that you may hear us talk about the Spirit. The first, and I think kind of maybe the most obvious for all of us, is uh, the Spirit of God as God's presence, okay? That's maybe like entry level. Um, you can not even be a believer and walk into a situation and like go, man, I just, this like feels different, okay? Maybe some of you had that experience coming here and there was maybe like a worship song or, or a moment that happened um, and you just had, we'll call it like an awareness, okay? God is ever present. Yes, do we know that? We use the word omnip, uh, like omnipresent. He is everywhere. But there are times that our soul, like inside of us, kind of resonates or recognizes or um, has an awareness of God's presence. Maybe you've experienced it like this during worship or during a song. Maybe you wanted to cry or you maybe like had goosebumps or maybe you just felt lighter, like you came in heavy and then you felt lighter, okay? Those are maybe some, some examples that I would give of knowing or, or engaging with God's presence, kind of recognizing God's presence, okay? That's the first way that we might talk about his spirit. The second context that I want um, to clarify is being filled with the spirit. So if God's presence is happening here outside and it's kind of more about the atmosphere, there is also an opportunity for God's presence and God's spirit to be inside of us, okay? Which is, again, a part of that gift that God offers, all right? So you and I can invite God's spirit to dwell inside of us, to be inside of us. And that is, is having the spirit of God inside of you. And I believe that some of you have experienced this and you might not even know that it is happening, but when you are a Christian, when you are a believer, okay, you have like a new sensitivity. Maybe it has happened for you like this. See if this sounds familiar. I don't really know, I just kind of had a gut feeling. 
right? So you don't even necessarily know how to articulate what you're sensing or what is going on. But I would venture to guess that if you are a believer and you're having some of that, that is the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you to lean into that. I would encourage you to um, kind of flesh that out a little bit and, and, and try to un- understand it a little bit more. Maybe it has happened for you like this. You just can't stop thinking about the person that you need to forgive and you feel very strongly that you need to do something about it. That would be another example, okay, of what it means to live and have the Holy Spirit inside of you, okay? The third way is where the Holy Spirit manifests through you, okay? This is the gifts of the Spirit, all right? So we have God's presence, which is like the atmosphere and out here. Then we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. That can also make the Bible personal for you. Maybe you've had that experience where you're reading scripture and the Bible just comes alive and you're like, that was for me, okay? That's the work of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Then the gifts of the Spirit, all right, these are explained and really unpacked in the New Testament. Things like teaching, prophesying, discernment, even generosity. There, do you know there are people who are gifted to be generous, Like it is in their DNA, God hardwired them. And it is like supernatural that they just want to bless other people and be generous. Compassion. Have you ever met somebody who like, they just exuded like empathy and compassion? That is God's design for them, okay? And you can see the whole list of these gifts of the spirit. And when you are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life, you will see these I I like to use the word manifesting or kind of being expressed um, externally, okay? So that's gifts of the Spirit. And then the fourth context is the fruit of the Spirit. And we did a a really powerful teaching two summers ago, um, the the whole staff, the team, nine weeks on the fruit of the Spirit. And it is good stuff. So that podcast that we talked about, go back two summers, find those, and and you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about the fruit of the, the Spirit. So those are the four Um, context that you might hear God's presence. You might hear uh, being led by the Spirit or filled with the Spirit. You might hear the phrase gifts of the Spirit or fruit of the Spirit. So I wanted to kind of set you up for that right there. But I want us to land this morning on um, a specific way that the word spirit is used all throughout scripture. Okay, so we're gonna start right at the beginning. If you have a Bible or if you have your phone, I would love for you to see this, okay? Maybe jot some notes or um, whatever you're comfortable with. But we are going to start at the very beginning, the very first time in scripture that we see the word spirit um, in the Bible, okay? And it is right at the very beginning, okay? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And then here we go. And the what? There we go. The spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see right there in scripture, the very onset, okay? At the very beginning, we have God's spirit. He's hovering over the waters, okay? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Saw light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. I want everybody, look up at me, and just breathe out. (sighs) Okay. God spoke, and the world was created. God 
exhaled and something that was not there before was there. If you serve Christ, if you serve God today, I want to remind you that you serve a star-breathing God. He spoke, he exhaled, and the world was created. Some of us just need to be reminded of that today. Need to be reminded of that today. But here's what I want, want you to, to, to wrap your head around, okay? In Hebrew, if we were reading scripture in Hebrew, the word that is used for spirit is rucha. Everybody say rucha. Okay, you gotta have the in there. Rucha. That is the Hebrew word, okay? And it literally means, are you ready for this? Breath or wind. Whoa, okay? Breath or wind. So as God is saying, let there be light, his breath, his spirit is creating and bringing life to something that was not previously there. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Job said it like this in Job 33, 4. He said, the spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Listen to me. There is no other example of a supreme being or a deity who by their breath brings life. That out of nothing, something is created. If we are trying to understand God's spirit and the Holy Spirit today, I want you to take a breath. Here we go. Genesis 2-7 says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The man became a living being. So God's spirit, okay, I want you to get this. God's spirit, when we choose to invite him in, brings us to life in a supernatural way. In a supernatural way. Does anybody know the record for holding your breath? Just give me some numbers. 24 minutes underwater. 24 minutes underwater, okay? I don't know if I'll say his name right, but Alex Vindrell, okay, broke the record last year, 24 minutes at a static, like non-moving, okay, underwater experience. These guys are called free divers, all right? Um, they train for this. They work towards this. They even like change some of the physiolo like physiological elements of their body to be able to do this. But 24 minutes, okay? One of the other techniques that they use, anybody know about this? Like I did not know anything about this. So fascinating to me, okay? One of the techniques that they use is that they are allowed to breathe in pure oxygen for 30 minutes and then go and perform this task, okay? To be on record or whatever the case may be, okay? So pure oxygen for 30 minutes and then it, it allows them to extend how long they can hold their breath underwater. Another technique, another method is called hyperventilating. You guys know what that is? 
they will do this at a rapid pace and it expels all of the bad stuff, okay? It it expels all of the bad stuff, all right? Like getting as much air as possible, okay? But I want you to think about this. Even at the world record, the longest that they can go, and while it seems like a long time because it is a long time to us, 24 minutes. That's it. 24 minutes for people who have trained their whole entire life, the longest human experience that we have is 24 minutes to go without breath. Why would we think that it is possible for us to not live our lives the same way? That there has to be a constant, constant inhale of God. That there has to be a mindset that just like it is absolutely necessary for us to experience life in the flesh, we have to keep breathing. There has to be a constant, okay, God, let me breathe you in. What are you doing right now, Lord? Okay, God, let me breathe you in. Okay, God, I need more of you. You know, when they're looking for signs of life, like let's say that paramedics show up at an accident, okay, what do they check first? Breathing, right? Someone can even appear to be dead, unconscious, a variety of injuries, but if they're not breathing, we have a problem. If they're not breathing, we have a problem. People's hearts can stop and they can bring them back to life. But if we stop breathing, it's just moments before brain damage sets in, major problems, right? And we, I'm challenging us today to think about God's spirit the exact same way, that we have to be taking him in as much as possible. So um, this became really evident to me a few years back. I had a very dear friend of mine who convinced me that it would be a really great idea to try out hot yoga. Anybody ever been to hot yoga? Okay, don't do it. It is like absolutely worse than any summer day you could possibly imagine. So let me just paint this picture for you. 116 degrees in a studio, I know. And um, you're just going to sweat buckets, and uh, they're going to ask you to do things that you did not think possible. But I go into this room, and you immediately hit the door, and you're like, well, it feels like all of the air has been sucked out of the room, okay? Just like intense beyond anything else that I had ever experienced previously. But if you know anything about hot yoga, the first round of exercises in the pattern of exercises is deep breathing. They teach you how to really take a deep breath. I did not know that that was a thing. I didn't realize that I had been breathing wrong like my whole life, right? 
And I found out that actually it's cultural. Do you know that in America, we are shallow breathers? Imagine that. Shallow breathers. We are missing out on opportunities for health and wellness because we are so, so bad at slowing down. I found out that deep breathing has a, an entire list of health benefits. And I think if you'll allow me to make some connections for you this morning, you're, you're, gonna, be, you're gonna be encouraged, okay? Number one, it detoxifies and releases toxins. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit to do that in my life. I want to breathe in and exhale all the bad. I want the Holy Spirit, like John 16, 8, when it says that he comes and he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. I want that conviction in my life. I want to be close to God. I want to know that I'm honoring him with my life. So when I breathe him in, he helps me to get rid of all that is bad. Deep breathing also is a stress reliever. When you flood your body with oxygen and it gets to your brain cells, it lowers your stress, okay? I believe that the Holy Spirit does the same thing for us. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I need that peace in my life today. I need for the Holy Spirit and the presence of God to just bring down that stress. And the only way that that can happen is when I choose to breathe him in. When I choose to go to him and say, I've had enough. I need you. Deep breathing brings clarity. I don't know about you, but in the, the noise and the pace and the chaos, sometimes I need the brain fog to go away. I need clarity in my thinking. I need truth in my life. Luke 12, 12 says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. Whoa, how many times have you been in a situation where you desperately wanted to have the right words to say? And not so you could be ugly to somebody, right? Not so you could zing them. I'm talking about that moment when you really need to speak life or bring wisdom or help somebody see a situation in a godly way. That is what the Holy Spirit offers us. That when we breathe him in, it says the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. I want to encourage you to seek that. I want you to, to have experiences. You know, I think sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that, well, if I just listen to Pastor Jason, like that's all the truth. Like he's the one who actually hears from God. He's the one who's studying his Bible. He'll just make it all clear for me. And while I love that and I believe wholeheartedly in hearing from, from our pastor, the Holy Spirit is personal. And he has things that he needs you to understand. He has experiences for you that only you can walk through and, and, and have. Deep breathing also relieves emotional pain. 
Do you know that John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, and he says, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. At any moment, at any time of the day, whenever you need it, you have a counselor who knows you better than anybody on this planet. Whatever emotional experience that you're having, you have a personal counselor who can help you work through that. Deep breathing relieves physical pain. It improves organ function. Listen, this is so crazy to me. As I was reading, one of the articles said that when you breathe in deeply, it massages your heart. That's what it said. Isn't that crazy? Like when you breathe in deep, that oxygen gets around your organs and it specifically mentions your heart and it helps things to circulate better. I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Spirit to massage my heart today. I need God's presence to do something in me that nobody else can do. Deep breathing increases muscle. I'm stronger with the Holy Spirit. I can handle things that I couldn't handle before. You know, when I was taking this hot yoga class and I'm asking myself why I agreed to sign up to this, my wonderful friend said, you'll do things you've never been able to do before. They turn up the heat because it allows you to stretch and do more than what you could do before. Some of us are so frustrated with the heat being turned up in our lives, but it's showing you that you can go further and dig in deeper than you ever thought possible. Have you ever done a workout class and they say, keep breathing, don't stop breathing, keep breathing, don't forget to breathe, right? Why is it our tendency that when we need it the most, we stop? I don't know about you, not everybody in here has had four kids, but I've had four kids, and for that to happen, I had to breathe. They like teach whole classes on this, right? Lamaze to get through birthing something new. I had to breathe. I had to breathe. Deep breathing strengthens your immune system. It's going to make me not susceptible to the diseases and the sickness that are around me. Amen. I love this one. Deep breathing improves your posture. The Holy Spirit in my life is going to help me to walk upright. The Holy Spirit in my life is going to show me the way that I need to live out my life that's going to honor God. I want that so badly for myself, and I want that for you today. I want to end with this. Romans 8:11. We sing a song around here called That Same Power. That Same Power. And this is where the lyrics come from. Romans 8:11 says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Some of us have areas in our life that are dead. And this tells me that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I have the opportunity. I have the gift that I can invite him inside today and I can have a life that is vibrant and supernatural. 
So when your kids are pushing you to the absolute extreme and you do not think you can take it one more moment, I want you to take a breath. When your boss mistreats you and work has you scattered and upset, I want you to take a breath. When you're trying to share your faith and you need courage and you need boldness, I want you to take a breath. When you get a phone call from the doctor that has you devastated and full of fear, I want you to take a breath. When your aging parents are struggling and you need wisdom on how to move forward and how to help them, I want you to take a breath. When your boyfriend or your girlfriend breaks up with you and you think your world has ended, I want you to take a breath. When your finances are a hot mess and you don't know how to fix it, you don't know how to move forward, I want you to take a breath. When you are tempted to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing, I want you to take a breath. When you need comfort and counseling, I want you to take a breath. When you feel like you're drowning or the wind has been knocked out of your sails, I want you to remember that Ruha, God's spirit is breath and wind for your life. My prayer is that the God of the universe would breathe into each one of us today. I want you to let the spirit of God bring you new life and be willing to experience more of God than you ever thought possible. I want you to recognize that he is the giver of life and that his breath is filling our lungs. Would you stand to your